Hi everyone and welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name's Emma Bellardi and I'm a content marketer here at BMA. This week's podcast is sponsored by Compite and Compite is a leading competitive intelligent automation platform designed to simplify the process of competitive tracking across the broadest spectrum of digital channels, helping customers gain and deliver deep strategic insights and rise above the noise in crowded markets. With real-time insights, Compite provides customers tools to better drive messaging, positioning, product development, and revenue capture. Head to compite.com for more info and a complimentary free trial. This week, we're joined by Holly Watson, and we'll be discussing starting a launch, how to align teams, timelines, and resources. Holly's a director of product marketing at Sprinkler, covering the modern engagement core and incubation products, and she leads big and small go-to-markets across all verticals at an enterprise level. Plus, she's also a PMA ambassador. Uh, welcome to the show, Holly. Thanks, Emma. Happy to be here. Great. We're happy to have you. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Sprinkler? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, uh, working there at Sprinkler on the product marketing team, I actually lead a team of uh, two individuals to date and uh, really help out with one of our largest product areas of the Sprinkler platform. Um, Sprinkler is uh, really known in the market as a CXM or customer experience management platform where our main initiative and goal is to help large enterprises connect with their customers wherever their customers are. So that can be on social, that can be on messaging apps, um, that of course can be on their websites and any type of interaction they might have with chatbots and and, um, on-prem interactions. So I really help build those products with my um, product manager counterparts. uh, And as product marketers know, there's a lot that goes into kind of keeping that product up and running from the adoption standpoint, but of course also the sales enablement that goes into finding those new prospects and getting people excited about uh, our offering. Great. Uh, So we're going to be talking a little bit about product launches and what they kind of look like for you at Sprinkler. So are all your product launches the same or do they kind of differ depending on the product? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, Launches, launches kind of can take a a couple of different molds. So um, I don't think that all launches are the same and even the term launches can be, uh, Um, necessary to clarify as you're starting projects. Um, For Sprinkler, when we think about launches, a lot of the time a launch is going to be referring to more or less a net new functionality. Any type of enhancements or um, add-ons to existing products and solutions, we kind of look at those as, uh, you know, the evolution of the project. So launches for us really pertain to net new um, items but they can range in size. For us, we kind of look at uh, our launches in terms of t-shirt sizing. So -hmm. the same way that you might go into a store and look at like a a small, medium, large t-shirt, we also kind of size our launches to fit um, that type of framework. That really allows us to look at our resources, look at our timelines, and really understand how exactly um, we are going to bring that solution or product uh, to the market. Great. So can you, can you talk us through the preparation of a product launch and what goes into that? Of course. 
Um, <laughs> this one's always challenging. Um, it's also really exciting, right? As a product marketer, mm -hmm. we get to we get to work with so many um, teams and individuals across an organization. Um, our main audience does tend to be sales or um, account executives, of course, wanting to empower them to sell and grow their portfolio of our offering. But beyond that, we of course also partner very closely with our product management team to understand the nuances and the technology and the benefit that that technology has for our customers. So when we're looking at launches, um, we do run our launches through a three-phase process. Many of, of you listening to this podcast now will know that that's generally uh, a definition partnership phase or a beta phase pretty early. Mm -hmm. Then you'll move from beta to limited availability and take limited availability and move to general availability or GA. So as you're moving that product through those three stages, that's when you're going to start pulling in additional resources and additional team members along the way. When you're in that first phase, that beta phase, it's a pretty small team um, in terms of how you're looking at the product, how you're trying to um, ensure market fit, and honestly, what customers you're targeting. So in that phase, you're generally working with, um, you know, hand in hand with your product management team. There's usually a point person from the product side, but of course, a lot of the engineers um, and other product managers who are going to weigh in and provide support on that on the build or development stage. You as the product marketer are coming in to help observe, help um, gain information, and possibly add some brainstorming ideas in terms of how you can incorporate other features and functionality that you've perceived or heard or curated um, from various feedback. So there's a lot of direct um, interaction that you have with, at that beta phase with your product manager. You as a product marketer, and you might also have an individual that's kind of a SME or a subject matter expert in the field. Um, for Sprinkler, we actually lean a lot on our solution consulting team who has that uh, layer deep into our, our, uh, our pre-sales process um, that helps our customers understand exactly the, the functionality um, to solve their use cases. So it's a really small team at that early stage. And of course, we also work to find that um, beta partner who's gonna help us from a customer perspective, kind of validate exactly what we're building, how it's going to be used, um, and even again, that terminology you wanna use when you're crafting your value prop. Okay, great. From there, oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, from there, that's when you get into like the limited availability stage and you see your team expand a bit more. Um, product marketing really comes in to do more of that collateral development uh, so you might bring in some design resources, um, you might bring in some additional um, team members to start planning uh, that sales enablement motion, right? Which also includes how you actually build that product, uh, which means you're going to bring in maybe something at the implementation or enablement team to, again, understand those new nuances of, of the true build, right? Mm -hmm. Along the way, too, I should say that encompassing all these launches your um, ELT or, or SLT executive or senior leadership um, is definitely gonna have like a sponsorship on the project. So you essentially have um, the ability to you know, manage up 
prepare you know, your, your recaps and your reports to the leadership as they, of course, have a larger initiative with getting this product to the market. Okay, great. So we've talked a little bit about some of the teams that you bring into the um, product launch um, at the beginning. Um, can you tell us how you prepare those teams? Um, does it work on a departmental level? Yeah, um, a great question again. The, the prep is oftentimes uh, maybe the more the more tedious part, but so, so important. Um, in preparation for launches, I always like to try to assemble the, assemble the, 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 the team members um, really early in the process, get the product manager on the line, get my solution consultant on the line, get the um, leadership team member on the line, and really any of those other contributors, and walk through a, a go-to-market, you know, it, for me, it's, it's not about if you've done launches before, if we've worked together on prior projects, or even if you've been at the organization for some time, having some type of kickoff is so vital so that you know that everyone's on the same page and you know how to um, assign or, or, or contribute to what role everyone's going to play and have that conversation. Uh, we do we we do use a a document that we've kind of coined at Sprinkler called a toolbox, and this toolbox, just as it's named, is really um, a a presentation, kind of super simple, not a pretty deck at all, but it's a it's a way for us to all collaborate in one central location. Uh, so the product manager is able to contribute, you know, the early mocks, the, the why we're building this, the who we're going after, those types of early stage um, uh, brainstorming ideas. But we're also able to kind of map out here are those, here's that broad based timeline, here's our RACI of roles and responsibilities. Um, and then, of course, the, that toolbox really evolves over time as each SME from those departments uh, start contributing. To, uh, to the actual product launch. And so in preparation, it's really important to kind of orient everybody on what roles are they playing? What responsibilities are we relying, them, relying on that individual for? Um, and exactly what's the timeline that we're gonna be running through uh, when we talk about this, this launch, again, big or small. Yeah, so how difficult is it to set a timeline that takes into account everyone's roles in the product and the launch? There's a lot of people to wrangle, so I imagine that yeah. can be pretty difficult. There are a lot of people to wrangle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maintaining schedules and, and, and trying to get everyone on the same meeting can be difficult uh, as it is, regardless yeah. of it, if it's a new product launch or not. Uh, so, so again, leveraging that toolbox has been helpful. Uh, a lot of the projects might spin up pretty quickly and trying to make sure that, that we're we're not getting wrapped up in a whirlwind is, is pretty important. And so in those early stages, I like to try to uh, leverage, you know, the collaboration that we, we have via the toolbox by giving some people some soak time. Here's the toolbox. Here's a bunch of information that we've already curated as an individual participating in this group, spend the next maybe week, week and a half reading the information, which can be challenging in itself. But allowing that person to kind of soak it in before you have that first kickoff, um, I think is, is helpful in preparing those individuals for that meeting, right? Kind of making sure that that time spent together is super valuable. Absolutely. From there, you're able to, of course, start scheduling your more reoccurring meetings. Um, and honestly, 
you know, we've, I've seen success with having those reoccurring meetings be more of the 30 minute mark versus the full hour mark. And that whole intention is to be very poignant on what are we here? What are we talking about? How are we making progress going forward? And of course there's, you know, Slack messages and emails that go outside of that meeting. Um, but really trying to be conscious that there are plenty of other projects to do. There are plenty of other customers and prospects that we want to support. Uh, so being, you know, really conscious of the time you're using, but being, um, you know, organized to make sure that you're targeting every item that needs to happen throughout that process. Okay, so um, for longer launches, what's your approach to ensuring everyone remains on track um, and like smaller milestones don't slip? Uh, great question. Uh, staying on track for launches, big or small, can definitely be, uh, be a challenge, but obviously very important. Uh, for us, we have this, have an approach for our Gantt chart. And this is a list of very detailed tasks that take us through the entire launch. Amongst that Gantt chart, we have these key milestones that correlate with that, that phases of definition partnership, limited availability, and general availability. Those milestones are, are actually very important to, yes, the internal process, but also how we're maintaining those beta customers and early customers willing to participate um, in giving us feedback through the launch. And so instead of us seeing these milestones in terms of an internal deadline, we actually relate and hold them um, accountable to our customer, uh, our customer demands. That allows us really to keep this rigor behind those timelines and ensure that what we're building is satisfying our customer. And we kind of gain this feedback through more or less an NPS survey. So if the customer is saying, this product is satisfying my needs, it's really working smoothly, we were able to get it implemented, thumbs up. That gives us some good indicators that we're able um, to sufficiently move to, say, stage two or limited availability. Now, if we're getting other type of feedback that might say, hey, there are a few items here that are either the messaging's confusing, it was a little bit more challenging to implement, um, or it's not quite hitting all my needs as a customer, that's going to really allow us to evaluate and remain maybe in the beta phase for a bit longer. Uh, so that type of customer feedback really helps us not only stay accountable to certain deadlines, but also be cognizant and aware if those deadlines need to shift um, due to the demands and expectations of the, of the users that we're trying to build it for. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about preparing for a launch, but how do you know when to delay a launch and how do you communicate this internally and externally? Yeah, another great question. Um, delaying launches can be a bit challenging in terms of making sure you're meeting the requirements of your leadership team um, and, of course, meeting the requirements of what's happening in the market, right? I mean, maybe there's competition, maybe there's certain large economic events that you need to be cognitive and aware of. So when you're delaying a launch, you might have to really consider, again, that customer feedback that you're getting. Um, but you also might need to just evaluate the size of your launch. And so looking at the decision to de delay a launch is going to include a couple of different factors. It's not ever necessarily a complete bad thing, though, to delay a launch. 
um, if the product isn't necessarily as stable or if the, the customer feedback that you're so far receiving um, gives you insights that this product needs some additional work or enhancements. Those are very valid reasons to work with your leadership team on why you need to delay a launch. Now, I will also say in terms of um, size, if the launch should be delayed, there might be ways and angles to look at essentially all the features and capabilities going into the solution and possibly removing some that are more of a nice to have than a must have. That could allow yourself to create that more stable product so you're able to meet your launch deadlines while also ensuring those customers that the items that they're needing, those nice to haves, are on the roadmap and will be essentially released into the regular release cycle once that product goes live. So I think there's ways to kind of compromise exactly how you look at your launch um, deadlines and what shifts you're able to kind of make along the way. Okay, so how important is it to set goals for a launch and what kind of goals do you use at Sprinkler? Goals are so important. <laughs> uh, I think we hear all the time, right, that if, it's, if you don't have that goal, if you don't have that kind of measurable metric, um, you kind of, what's the point? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so for, for launches, uh, we actually, we, we do hold ourselves accountable for those deadlines. Um, we also hold ourselves accountable to that customer satisfaction, right? Uh, we want to make sure that our customers are going to use and adopt this product. And of course, from the, from the business perspective, we do also set ourselves um, some financial goals. So through the launch and understanding the market and understanding our pricing and packaging, we're really able to, um, to project out our goals for how many net new customers should we acquire and what revenue is that going to bring in? How many current customers should we expect to actually adopt on board and grow um, their portfolio of, of products at Sprinkler and add this new solution to their contract. So, so financially, we look again at pipeline growth opportunity as well as um, current customer base growth and opportunity. And we time that out according to the launch deadlines. So there's generally a 30, 60, 90 day goal that we want to hit. And of course, there's the quarterly goals that are much longer in terms of those customer um, revenue cycles. Okay, excellent. Um, so on Product Marketing Life, we like to wrap things up with some words of wisdom. So for anyone about to start a product launch for the first time, what advice would you offer them? Yeah, uh, for, for anyone starting a launch, and I think this can go for, for really, if you've never done a launch before, if you've done a handful of launches in the past, as a product marketer, it is, it, it's a skill set, it's a project, it's, a, it's a, um, a talent that product marketers bring to the table. But we have to be kind of aware and empathetic to our counterparts who have expert, expertise in other areas of the business. So as a product marketer, the advice that I would give is try to really create that deck that explains what your launch is. What phases are you taking people through? What expectations go into the, into the full launch, right? What are those tasks? What are those big milestones? How exactly are you gonna move from one phase to another? And be able to explain that to your counterparts. 
again, as a product marketer, it's kind of funny. I don't, I don't heavily work with a lot of my other product marketing counterparts. I work more with my cross-functional teams. So there's a lot of information transfer and education that I want to be able to bring to the table that clearly articulates what is my role in this project and what are, how are we going to collaborate and work together? So really to summarize, if, you're, if you've just started a launch, if you've worked with launches before, as you get started, have, have some visuals, have some, have some documents that really support and walk a new member through what is a launch and what's it, what are those expectations? Okay, so to sum things up, be mindful of others, which is great advice for product marketing <laughs> and life. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> uh, so I want to thank you for joining us today, Holly. Um, that was brilliant. And take care. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Emma. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.